of deduction, induction, and especially what Pierce termed abduction, imaginative, retroductive reasoning, by which constructs were arrived at that succeeded where others had failed in solving apparently intractable factual issues. The genuine seeker after truth should therefore benefit maximally from the methodological guidance Holmes provides. And it is to Holmes' reasoning processes, rather than to his own beliefs or lack of them, that we direct our listeners' and readers' attention in what now follows. This is the dialogue. It was, as I recall, this is Watson writing for us, it was, as I recall, in September 1901 that Holmes and I had the only extended religious conversation in all our years together at 221 B. Baker Street. Considering Holmes's taciturnity in all matters relating to his personal life, we had known each other for years before I even learned of the existence of his brother Mycroft, it may seem strange that such a conversation ever took place at all. The circumstances were these. September had been a month of trivialities and stagnation, and as I have noted on more than one occasion, Holmes tolerated inactivity very badly. In his earlier years, before the Reichenbach Falls and the death of Professor Moriarty, periods without a case to stimulate him were often filled with a cocaine needle. I never wanted to see that again, so I determined to rouse Holmes from mental lassitude by drawing him into a subject complex enough that it could not help but stimulate that powerful brain. Philosophical and religious questions, though not of interest to the average pragmatic Englishman such as myself, enormously fascinated Holmes. Had he not commented brilliantly on the Buddhism of Ceylon in the sign of four and visited the head lama in Tibet during his years of wandering after Reichenbach, the empty house? So I determined to bait my dear friend for his own good. Holmes, I remarked, do you remember our discussion of the Copernican theory soon after we set up in Mrs. Hudson's digs at 221b? You expressed total indifference to the idea that the earth went around the sun. Your words were, if I recall correctly, from a study in Scarlet, if we went round the moon, it would not make a pennyworth of difference to me or my work. The same is true, is it not, of religious claims. From within the dense cloud of pipe smoke that surrounded the head of my friend, a dissatisfied grunt emerged. My query, like flint, had produced a spark. Certainly not, Watson. You confuse two very different things. Practically speaking, our lives are conducted in the same way on this planet, whether it is stationary or mobile. But what we do or do not do is profoundly influenced by what we believe the purpose of it all is. Really, Holmes, I replied, how can you say that? The world goes on regardless of the beliefs of its inhabitants. My friend had now clearly surfaced from his brown study. A game of another sort was afoot. You see, Watson, but you do not observe. On the surface, it seems that human life goes on heedless of the beliefs of its principles. But consider, if a man like the late unlamented Professor Moriarty does not believe in a final judgment, he will endeavor to achieve his ends by whatever mischief he thinks will go undetected. And since the efficacy of the forces of order is distinctly finite, I think of our friend Lestrade, such a man or woman becomes potentially, if not actually, a source of immense and uncontrollable evil. But surely, Holmes, the average person is no Moriarty. Quite right, Watson. But this is because the man on the Clapham omnibus, we would say the man on the street, lives from inherited capital. 
In our age of increasing secularization, he assumes, without thinking much, if at all, about it, that there are moral absolutes and a final reckoning. If he lives consistently with any other view, he would pose the dangers of Moriarty, Colonel Sebastian Moran, and their ilk. Thus, the issue of religious truth is of the most capital importance. As Holmes warmed to the bait, I determined to strike deeper. How often has my dear friend underestimated my reasoning abilities, admittedly far less than his own, but, if I may say so, capable of pursuing a worthy quarry? Holmes, I cried, you do not do yourself justice. A last judgment is not needed to sustain morality. All that is needed is a consensus of right-thinking folk, such as we have here in this blessed green land of England. Consensus, Watson, Holmes snapped. Even if such a consensus is granted, and I predict that as the movements of peoples increases in this new century, even England will soon be unable...